Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 343 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today we'll be talking about fighting the old tennis you, something all of us do. Doesn't matter what level you are, how long you've been playing, how many times you've won your club championship. If you're trying to get better, then you have to fight old habits. And that's what this episode is about. Just really kind of a quick story. I just got back from California two days ago, and I was there over the holidays. I worked with a couple of students. And this is a quick quick, just kind of story about an interaction I had with one of my students when, when I was out there. She did an incredible job. We spent two days together, just the two of us, and we did a tremendous amount of high-focused work uh, working on her strokes. And that included work on her forehand ground stroke, her balance, and her posture. We also, as a little subcategory, worked on high forehand contact points and using her body more effectively so she didn't have to kind of shove and arm her high forehand. We worked on her backhand ground stroke timing and targeting, being able to hit different spots in the court, her serve swing path to make more spin, her touch on her volleys, her overhead footwork, and we worked on the depth and consistency of her lobs as well. She's a doubles player. So we covered a ton of ground over two days. We spent 12 hours on the court together, and it was my normal process working on the court. There was the tripod and the iPad, so we did a lot of video analysis, and throughout the course of these two days, she made a lot of progress, and we saw a great deal of very encouraging before and after images where her the the work that she did you know it was very evident right there on the screen that she was moving in the right direction and she was really encouraged so she stayed with my family and I out in Palm in the Palm Springs area she stayed with us three nights we worked together two full days and then the morning after our second day of coaching together when she was getting ready to pack up and head back to Los Angeles she got a text from a friend of hers who happened to be out in the desert as well, and she got an invitation to go play some doubles. So I thought that was kind of interesting that she would go out and play a match after 12 hours of really high-intensity, high-focus work on trying to improve different parts of her game. And this is something we talk a lot with our students about, the expectations of going out and, and playing socially or competitively and trying to do a good job of playing points right after spending so much high focused time on actually doing things outside of their comfort zone, doing things that are different from what their normal automatic subconscious habits actually are. So anyway, she went out and played that morning and then that afternoon I got a text from her and she, you know, she said, thanks so much for the coaching. And then she said, I, I went out and played and the old Caroline came back. That's, that's her name. The, she said, the old me came back on the court. And all of a sudden I was reaching and stretching on my forehand instead of having good posture. I was struggling with short balls, which we, which we worked on. And my response to her was really simple. The old Caroline will continue to come back until you train her away. It's so tempting to want to believe that just understanding the difference between what we normally do and what we should do is enough to go ahead and start doing the right thing. 
And it almost on the surface really makes sense. Like, okay, so I know I'm doing X on my forehand. I know now after taking a lesson or watching a video that I'm supposed to do Y, shouldn't that be enough to just go ahead and choose to do the new thing? Unfortunately, the answer is is no. Unless you're possibly eight years old and you're learning for the first time, you have no ingrained bad habits, at least not any that have been sticking around for decades that you've learned to rely on through thick and thin to produce a certain result, then it very well could be that you could just learn that, oh, I'm supposed to do it this way? Okay, I'm just going to decide to do it this way. But for 99.99% of you listening to my voice right now, you've been doing things a certain way for a certain period of time. You have habits, and they've been very deeply entrenched in your subconscious. And so just knowing and just understanding is not enough to change to something better. No matter how much more natural it should be to do that new and improved thing, it will not just happen on its own without training away the thing that it's replacing. And even if you're able to do it correctly, relatively, you know, instantaneously within a, a learning environment, if you're in a lesson or a clinic, you're working on something new, it's really tempting to believe that after doing it right a few times, then that's enough. And now, okay, I not only do I understand, but I've also done it right a couple of times. And the coach said, oh, great job. Maybe you even saw a video like Caroline did. Caroline, before we walked off the court for the second day, saw a video of herself doing all of those different skills I mentioned better than when we started. And so for a lot of players, they would probably go home with the assumption and the expectation that, fantastic, now I can go ahead and use all of these new tools that I have in my toolbox, and I am a new person. I'm a new and improved player on the course. But unfortunately, again, for 99.99% of us, and I am very much in that category, that's not reality either. The reality is changing how your mind and body are wired and have been wired takes time. It takes effort. And it takes commitment. It reminds me of, I don't remember what exactly I was listening to a little while ago now. My my wife listens to a lot of health content and nutrition content and kind of physical well-being. And I don't remember what the specific topic was that was being discussed, but there was kind of a call-in Q&A. And the practitioner, the expert that was fielding questions got a question from somebody asking, how long is it going to take for me to reverse this, these symptoms that I have? I don't remember if it was some kind of um, ailment or disorder or some kind of illness, but there was some kind of symptoms that they were working hard to, to reverse and, and improve their body and the, the way that their body worked. And the answer that the, the expert gave was, well, how long did it take you to get where you are now? You know, th- think about it from like a, a exercise and health perspective. You know, if you've been drinking Coca-Cola five times a day for the last 10 years, just because you stopped drinking on, on day one doesn't mean that everything is just instantaneously reversed. Like it takes time to step away from that pattern. It takes time for the body to recover from from that kind of of pattern of putting that kind of substance in your body. Um, you, you get the idea. It's the same thing with what we call muscle memory. Muscle memory takes time to establish, and then however long you have 
moved past establishing that habit, however long you have written and grooved over on top of that established habit, that's how much effort it's going to take to do something different without having to think about it anymore. And so the process you use is super critical. And it's a combination of quality of training and quantity of training. You need both. It's not good enough to do just a couple really excellent repetitions. And it's also not good enough to do a whole bunch of okay repetitions that are you're just kind of going back and forth from the new one to the old one, from the new one to the old one. That's not high quality. And so you could do a million of those and still not do the new one on command or do the new one without really focusing hard and concentrating on it, which makes it very difficult to play a match when you're having to really focus on how you're swinging the racket instead of actually deconstructing and decoding the match and focusing on that instead. So I'm going to leave it there for today, but I I have another resource for you. If you want to go deeper into the process, then podcast number 295 is called How to Fix Your Serve Toss. And in hindsight, I probably shouldn't—I probably shouldn't have titled it that because what that episode really is is the framework to make any kind of technical change you want in your game. And so it goes through the quantity and the quality parts of actually changing a habit and replacing the old tennis you with a new tennis you. And by the way, my student. Under, she she gets she knows this she understands this she's done multiple VIP coaching sessions with us she's done multiple clinics and actually she's done Hawaii with us she's done Costa Rica with us so she understands this and um, it's not like she was totally crushed when she went back to her old habits the very next day after our training but it's important to keep reminding yourself of this and it's important for us to keep reminding our students of this. Otherwise, it can be really easy to get frustrated when we don't see the results that we want right away. So hopefully the story was helpful, gave you some perspective. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.